a quick recap. Well, not a recap, but just um, look again at who James is. A little bit, a little bit of who James is, right? Um, <clears throat> so James was the brother of Jesus. This James that wrote this letter, he was the half brother of Jesus. Um, and uh, what we know is that he didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. He didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God because he grew up with Jesus. This is his big brother, all right? But then he met the risen Jesus. He saw him face to face after he was crucified. And James became the leader of the church in Jerusalem. Um, <clears throat> the tradition is that he was known as James the Just, um, a man of great wisdom. Um, his nickname apparently was Camel Knees, right? Hey, Camel Knees, dude, all right? And apparently this was because um, he spent so much time on his knees in prayer that his knees became calloused, right? So this is a man of prayer, a man with a, a gift of wisdom, right? <clears throat> and uh, Josephus, who was a first century Roman Jewish historian, tells us that James was martyred um, by the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem for preaching about Jesus. Um, <clears throat> the book of Jesus, uh, book of James, sorry, can be a little funny to read sometimes. Um, I really like how Dave Luthi introduced um, the series by talking about his family, the, the conversation around the dinner table at, um, with his family. James can tend to jump from topic to topic without much of a connection, right? He kind of just is a bit... Um, like that um, and he doesn't waffle on right he's direct he's to the point and then he moves on um, and you can see something of this in Acts 15 um, in what's known as the Jerusalem Council um, in the early days of the church an argument broke out um, <clears throat> amongst the believers uh, as to whether the new Gentile converts right so non-Jewish people becoming Christians um, should have to convert to Judaism um, in order to be saved. Yes, um, they send a delegation to Jerusalem um, to meet with the church leaders. And after talking about it, um, Peter tells them about how uh, the Gentiles have been receiving the Holy Spirit, right? They're being saved. And they all listen as Paul and Silas tell everyone there about the, the signs and wonders that God is doing amongst the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people. Um, and then James gets up. And he could have waffled on, he could have, you know, had this long speech, but he doesn't. He's, he's shortened to the point, and he finishes by saying, um, so in my judgment, we should not add any unnecessary burden upon the non-Jewish converts who are turning to God. We will go to them as apostles and teach them to be set free from offering sacrifices to idols, sexual immorality, and eating anything strangled or with any blood. <clears throat> Now, I don't know about you, but the first two make sense to me, and the third one's like, hang on, what? Right? It's, uh, it doesn't make sense at first, unless you understand a little bit of um, Jewish law. So under the law of Moses, um, the, the Jews were forbidden to eat meat that still had the blood in it. Because God said that the blood is where the life is, right? And so they were forbidden to eat meat that still had blood in it. Um, that's why they wouldn't strangle the, their animals, um, but they were also forbidden to associate with people who ate like that, all right? So um, in this is this little, this little nugget of wisdom from James. 
These three things, um, he says, okay, don't, don't eat food sacrificed to idols. Spiritual purity. Uh, don't mess with sexual immorality, right? Physical purity. And then don't eat meat with the blood still in it. He's actually talking about relational purity. See, if the, if the Gentile believers could, could uh, keep themselves from eating that way, then the Jewish believers would have no problem associating with them, right? Being with them. The James was trying to maintain unity, okay? Um, and it's this decision, it's this, this little spiel by James that is listened to by everyone and accepted as the way that they're going to they're gonna go. So here is a man of, of prayer, a man with a great gift of wisdom, someone worth listening to. It's no wonder he teaches so much on, on wisdom in his letter to the church. So um, let's look at our passage today. Um, jump to the next one, thanks. <clears throat> I'm reading from uh, the Passion Translation. So, from, uh, so this is James chapter 5 from verse 13. Are there any believers in your fellowship suffering great hardship and distress? Encourage them to pray. Are there happy, cheerful ones among you? Encourage them to sing out their praises. Are there any sick among you? Then ask the elders of the church to come and pray over the sick and anoint them with oil in the name of our Lord. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And if they have committed sins, they will be forgiven. Confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another, and then pray for one another to be instantly healed. For tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. Elijah was a man with human frailties, just like all of us. But he prayed and received supernatural answers. He actually shut the heavens over the land so there would be no rain for three and a half years. Then he prayed again, and the skies opened up over the land, so that the rain came again and produced the harvest. Finally, as members of God's beloved family, we must go after the one who wanders from the truth and bring him back. For the one who restores the sinning believer back to God from the error of his way gives back to his soul life from the dead, and covers over countless sins by the demonstration of love. So, in this passage, I can see um, kind of four four distinct ideas, four parts, um, and so uh, we're just going to go through them tonight. <clears throat> he starts this this uh, this part of his letter. By asking the question, is there anyone among you, is there anyone in your fellowship who is suffering? Um, and he says, you know, encourage that person to pray. I get the feeling he's saying, like, let's, let's get around that person. Um, if we truly are a body, like we were talking about at the, the young adults retreat last weekend, if we truly are a body, then let's be like an immune system that comes around um, the hurting part of the body, Right? Let's pray for that person and encourage them to pray. Um, you know, it can be really hard to pray. It can be really hard to engage with God when, when we're going through hard times. Um, <clears throat> Bell will tell you um, that when we burnt out about a year ago, so this is just sort of, you know, um, 
part of our story recently, yeah, we, um, we got to a point where we got really isolated, we burnt out, and we weren't sure if we were going to continue in ministry. Um, uh, and even after moving to Shanghai and starting to kind of, uh, you know, God started to sort of bring us through healing, um, Bell, Bell didn't want to be in ministry anymore. She didn't want to engage with God at that, at that time. Um, she was hurting. Um, and so I was praying for her and, and, and trying to encourage her to, um, to pray, to, to, you know, get with God. And I'm not saying I had it all together. We were both kind of falling apart a little bit. Um, but we had, we had people around us. We had good people around us. And God brought new, really great people around us. Um, and, uh, yeah, God, God was the one who, who healed us, who brought us through that. Um, and, I mean, I, it's, it's not me that kind of counseled Bell back into health. It really was um, Holy Spirit. And so just as a burden shared is a burden halved, right? A victory shared is a victory multiplied. James says, if there are any among you who are happy, if God has been good to you, um, share it with each other. Let's tell the stories of God's goodness in our lives. Um, it really encourages the body, it builds up our faith. Um, back in ancient times, the Israelites um, would literally build monuments to remind themselves and remind future generations of the mighty works of God that he did, the things that he did in their midst. So we need to find ways um, in our communities, in our, in our, uh, yeah, in our, in our communities to uh, kind of build monuments in a sense, to remind ourselves, remind each other of what God has done. Um, now, it's funny, I, I spoke to the guys about um, preaching, you know, ages back, and I have to confess, I hadn't looked at the passage, I hadn't started preparing until this week, we were preparing for young adults retreat and that, um, but I opened up this passage and I just went, oh God, <laughs> setting me up, seriously. It's so typical of God to do this. Um, for anyone who knows, uh, who you know, might know me a bit better, I'm, I've got a thing about healing. I'm big on healing. Um, I really believe in the power of prayer. And I believe that God still heals today. And I also struggle when I see friends or people I know, people I don't know even, who, uh, you know, believers who, who pray but don't receive healing. Um, even people who pass away. Because um, you know, we pray for healing, or they, they ask for healing, but for some reason not everyone is healed. I have seen miracles. I have seen them with my own eyes. I've seen people released from pain. I've seen people healed, but then I've also seen people who, who aren't healed. Um, and in those moments... It looks like, it's like, Jesus, it looks like you didn't keep your promise. It looks like you, you, didn't, you didn't come through, right? right? You said, pray and the sick will be healed. You said, ask and it will be given to you. It looks like you haven't kept your promise. But I know that it can't be true. 
I know that it can't be true. So God, you know what? I don't have to understand. I want to, but it's not as important as, as faith. God, give me faith. Build my faith. See, I refuse to allow what doesn't happen to inform my theology. I refuse to allow what doesn't happen to overrule in my heart what God has said. There's a struggle there. There's a struggle there between reality and truth, I believe. The reality is that some people are sick, but I believe the truth is that, that Jesus has paid the price. Jesus has paid the price for our freedom. And I refuse to allow what doesn't happen to stop me from pressing in further, to, to pursue him further. Yeah. So James, in true James fashion, keeps it really short and simple. He says, are there any sick among you? Then ask the elders of the church to come and pray over the sick and anoint them with oil in the name of our Lord. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And if they have committed sins, they will be forgiven. He goes on to say, confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another. Uh, one another. Let me tell you a story about how forgiveness, um, the power of forgiveness, right? One of the believers in, in Ban Luang, might, some of you might have heard this story, um, but I'll tell it again because it's, it's God doing his thing. Um, <clears throat> uh, Meran in Ban Luang, she's a, she's a believer. Um, she, she had started having problems with her eyes. She went to the hospital and they gave her this like loads of medication. Um, that, that's just the kind of thing, that's how they, they work there. And so she was taking um, pills and pills and pills all, all day long and she started reacting. So, so her whole body swelled up. Her skin was all red and inflamed. Um, she was having a really hard time of it, all to try to deal with this eye issue. And then one day, randomly, while Belle was um, hanging the washing, I think it was, right? Um, God said, Mehran needs to forgive her mother. And Belle's like, okay, I don't know what to do with that. I'm not even sure if I've heard, like, heard God, right, or anything. But, um, and she, she felt like she didn't have the kind of um, strong relationship with Mehran enough to kind of go and tell her this. So she talked to our teammate, uh, Carolyn, who then went and talked to Mehran, spoke with Mehran. She said, um, look, uh, God put it on Belle's heart uh, that you, you need to forgive your mother. Immediately, Mehran knew what it was she needed to forgive her mother for. Some 10, 20 years ago or something, her mother had hit her over the head with a rock. Okay? And it wasn't like they were, they, that relationship was broken. It wasn't like they were estranged. They were living under the same roof still. But she knew that she needed to forgive her mother for this incident that had happened all those years ago. So um, she did. She went to her mother, she forgave her mother, she asked for forgiveness for holding on to this for so long. And that day, she, she had an appointment at the hospital, so she had a shower and they drove 10 minutes into town. By the time she got to the hospital, her skin had completely cleared up. I kid you not. The reaction that she was dealing with for weeks, gone in 10 minutes after forgiving her mother. And then her eyes came good a little while after that. 
Forgiveness is really powerful, really powerful. It can often be a key to healing. Segue. All right, jump back in. Confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another and then pray for one another to be instantly healed for tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. And you know what? It really is that simple. Praying for healing doesn't have to be complicated. There's not a formula. It's about a relationship. It's about listening to the healer, right? Walking with the healer, the one, the one who heals. We can, we can pray and we can declare. We can even prophesy as God instructs us to sometimes. But all of those things are dependent upon a relationship with Jesus. So it's not so important how you pray. I, I, f- I feel it's more important what you believe. And do you believe that Jesus is who he says he is? Do you believe that Jesus lives in you? Do you believe that it, it is his will to heal? Um, as James says back in chapter 1, but when you ask... This is James 1, verse 6. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Believe. When you pray, believe that God will heal you. Learn to recognize the voice of doubt and shut it down, because that's not your shepherd's voice. His voice is always for hope, right? So James further backs backs up this point uh, when he refers to Elijah. It's one of these times it feels like he jumps to a completely different topic, right? But he's, um, he's got his train of thought, right? He says, Elijah was a man with human frailties just like all of us. But he prayed and received supernatural answers. He actually shut the heavens over the land so that there would be no rain for three and a half years. Then he prayed again and the skies opened up over the land so that the rain came again and produced the harvest. What's the point that that James is making here? It's that you can expect the same supernatural answers to your prayer. That God is still the same God. Elijah was just a man, just a man who prayed. And the Old Covenant, sometimes we look at those Old Testament stories and we think, wow, God was amazing back then. The Old Covenant, was, it was good, but it was an inferior covenant. The New Covenant is a better covenant. The access we have to God now is greater than what Elijah had because of Jesus. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. Our God is still the same God who freed a nation of slaves with ten plagues, ten displays of power against the most powerful nation on the earth at the time 
and then he split a sea in half for them to walk through. This is still our God. Our God is still the same God who defeated armies for the Israelites time and time again. He's the same God who used a boy to defeat a giant. That's still our God today. Our God is a good father. And he doesn't want to leave us in pain. There is that struggle. But I believe we have to lean into that struggle. Not be afraid of it. Not be afraid to hope. Not allow that that fear, right, to stop us from even trying. One of the things... Uh, one of the things I feel like can stop us is, the, is this question, well, what if I pray? What if I, am, I do step out in that faith? I am bold enough. What if I pray and nothing happens? I kind of think, well, so what? If I can be so blunt. Guys, don't listen to that voice. Like I said, that is not the voice of your shepherd. That is the voice of doubt. That's not the voice of faith. God wants us to have faith. Jesus instructs us to live by faith and not by sight. The battle is, do you believe what you see? Or will you choose to believe what God has said? I would ask you, I would ask, get you to ask a different question. What if you prayed for someone? What if you actually were bold enough to step out in faith and pray for someone? What if something did happen? What would you do then? What would you do? How would you write? Right? <clears throat> so, I don't know who said it first, but it's become one of the um, vineyard uh, distinctives, the vineyard church. <clears throat> they say faith is spelled R I S K. And so in that, in the spirit of that, in the spirit of James, right, faith in action, faith that works, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask, is there anyone here tonight, right now, um, I'm just going to take a risk. Is there anyone here tonight who has pain in their bodies right now? Like physical pain you can feel right now in your body. Yeah, man. Eric? In your foot right now, yeah. Would you do you want to jump up here with me? Is that all right? <clears throat> yeah. This is Eric, guys. Um, how long have you had the pain in your foot? A few weeks. And what, like, was it an injury? What did you do? Like, can't remember. So, so Eric's had pain in his foot for a few weeks. Don't know what happened, but he's had pain in his foot. Okay, which foot? Your left foot. Can I pray for you? Sure. Yeah? All right. I'm probably going to disappear from camera here for a second, but I'll keep the mic. Um, don't listen to doubt. All right. <clears throat> yeah. Jesus, thank you that you are the healer. Thank you that for the price you paid. 
that we are healed by your stripes, that you, were, you, you took the punishment in your body that you did on the cross so that we could set, be set free from, from pain, um, even sickness and disease. Thank you, Jesus. And so right now, God, I pray. Yeah, I pray for healing for, for Eric's foot. In Jesus' name, I thank you, God, for no more pain in Eric's foot. I command that pain to get out, to leave right now. And I speak yeah, wholeness over Eric's foot. I command every bone, tendon, muscle, ligament to be made whole, to be made new. And in Jesus' name, I, I, I command that pain to leave right now. Okay. Eric, try your foot. Test it out for me. Feels better, okay? Like a little better? A little better, but not completely better? Yeah? Um, can I pray again? Yeah? All right. <clears throat> Jesus, thank you for a little better, um, but you paid too great a price for a little better. So we ask, Lord God, for complete healing right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, for complete healing. And I command that pain to shift right now in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you for no more pain, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. How does that feel, man? A lot better. Now, I I do want to say I don't I don't want you to feel like you have to make up, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, we're about trying this out, taking a risk, okay? And if and like I say, if nothing happens, so what? You've stepped out in faith. You've given it, given it a try. Um, thanks, Eric. Thank you. Um, yeah, key, key is not to give up. Yeah, that's, that's good, man. Don't give up. Um, so we're going to have a bit of time later. I'm going to continue a bit, but then we're going to have a bit of time later. If anyone else wants prayer for healing, man, we'd love to pray for, for you, okay? Um, yeah, let's not, let's not, like I say, let's not allow what doesn't happen to override what God has said, what God has put in his word. He is still the same God. He's still the same Jesus who, who healed the sick. Um, yeah, I really believe that there's, there's, more, there's more available for us than what we've settled for. I know it can be really hard, and I've, I've had lots of conversations with people about this, people who have lost people, people who have struggled for a long time with, with pain or sickness, um, and it's really hard, and I... I I'm careful not to seem, you know, uh, insensitive. I don't want to, I don't want to downplay people's suffering or, or just sort of, you know, oh, let's just, you know, be happy all the time. Like Jesus was someone who, who um, wept. <clears throat> you know, the the thing that makes our faith, the Christian faith, one of the things that makes our faith different from every other faith is that, rather than us trying to. Um, fix the problem of, of sin and suffering. Jesus entered our suffering. He came and lived in the dirt with us and he died in our place. Um, and there's, there's something of a call for us to, 
to do the same, to walk with people. Um, but Jesus was a healer and he said we can do it. All right. Then um, <clears throat> James finishes by instructing us to, to go after our fallen, fallen brothers and sisters. Right, he says, finally, as members of God, beloved family, we must go after the one who wanders from the truth and bring him back. For the one who restores the sinning believer back, from, back to God from the error of his way gives back life, gives back to his soul life from the dead and covers over countless sins by the demonstration of love. Like we talked about a little bit um, last weekend at disciple uh, at young adults retreat, we're talking about discipleship. Um, this is what it, part of what it means to to do discipleship together, to live life together in relationship with Jesus. Is that when we see um, one of our own falling prey to deception or falling into sin, we have to go after that person. We cannot afford to to judge them and cut them off. Um, we must go after them in love, but in truth. And James is, is um, in, you know, imploring us to do the same, to do this, right? It's as good as bringing someone back from the dead, right? In this day and age, deception is everywhere, even, even in the church. There are so many conflicting voices with all these different agendas, and, and honestly, some of them sound good. Some of them are very convincing. And many are falling prey to false teaching. Jesus himself even warns about false teaching. But these are the ideologies of the world and of hell, to be honest. There is so much deception and we need to have each other's backs. When a, when, a, when a brother falls into deception or sin, yeah, we can't afford to, to judge that person, cut them off from the community, right? We need to be like that immune system again who comes around <clears throat> that person. Um, I, think of, I think of Jesus who sought out Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had been rejected by everyone because of his sin, because of his greed and his stealing, but Jesus sought him out. Jesus loved him, and that love convicted him to change. It wasn't the judgment, it wasn't the cutting off from his community that changed him. It was Jesus seeking him out in love, but in truth. And in the end, God transformed his heart, and another son was saved back from deception and sin. Another prodigal returned. Yeah, so just like, just like a body that functions and works together for the good of each individual part, we must be a community who comes around the stragglers, the ones who, who sit on the fringes looking in. We must come around those who are suffering and celebrate with those who have reason to celebrate. Jesus is the great healer. And we are called to be like him. We don't have the power to heal. I don't have the power to heal. Like I say, I've seen it happen 
I've prayed for people and they've been healed. Um, but that's not me. Jesus is the healer. We, we just get to be a vessel in the moment. And just like Elijah, who prayed and literally closed the sky for three and a half years, we can expect the same kind of supernatural, right? Supernatural answers to our prayers. Our God is a supernatural God. And we have, but we have to refuse to listen to doubt and allow God to lead us down that, that scary path of faith and risk. And for the fellow believer who, who falls into deception or falls into sin, we have, to, we have to come around that person. So let's be, let's be a community who are bold enough to speak the truth in love and in grace. Yeah, I, I really believe that, you know, there have been those who are saying that, that God is bringing the prodigals home. I'm believing it for people in my life, people who have wandered from the truth, who I know God is not done with them. Yeah, we're going to see prodigals come back into the family, into the kingdom. Yeah, so if you've got someone like that in your life, I want you, yeah, just, just continue to pray for them. Don't give up on them because God has not. Yeah? All right. Um, I'm going to ask the band to come back up and I'll just pray. But like I said, um, if there's anyone who would like prayer, I mean for anything, but, but even uh, particularly for healing, we'd love to pray for you. There'd be, there'll be a couple of people who, who will pray. Um, yeah, let me pray and we'll, we'll finish and the guys will come back up. Yeah, God, thank you that your plans for us are always good. Thank you that even though sometimes it's hard, this faith journey is hard, um, that you promise to, to walk with us, you promise to lead us through it. We just pray, Father, that you would help us to keep our eyes on Jesus, to not look to the left or the right, but in, in all our ways, continue to, to seek you, to keep our eyes on you, to focus on you. God, would you help us to discern the voice of doubt and to shut it down? Would you build our faith? God, I pray you would put on our hearts the people, maybe there are people among us who are suffering. Would you, would you illuminate those people for us? Um, show us who they are so that we can come around them, God. If there are stories that need to be told of your goodness, of your, your mighty deeds, I pray that they would be heard, God, that people would have the boldness to say, hey, God did this for me. God did this in my life. Yeah. Thank you, God. Would you speak to us? Would you speak to us? Would you convict our hearts? 
and lead us um, lead us in this life, this, this walk of faith. Thank you, Jesus.